of uh, freedom from fear, right? So the first thing is, if, if you write down points, I got about four of them. And the first thing is you can't just say, don't fear. You can't just say, don't fear, right? So fear has to be replaced with something else. You can't just tell a person, don't, don't, be, don't fear. The fear has to be replaced, all right? It's kind of like you, you tell somebody, don't think about, uh, don't think about eating. Just don't think about eating. You know, I mean, you're trying to, everybody know if you've been on a program and uh, somebody telling you that, you just keep, don't think about eating. Don't think about eating. That don't work. You got to find something that you, that you can eat that, that works for you. Amen? Amen. So, um, so it's not just, you can't just say, don't fear. You know, uh, don't be afraid. Because the Lord don't say that. The Lord replaces that. And so uh, the uh, not fearing has to be replaced with faith, all right? So not fearing has to be replaced with faith. So if I replace that not fearing with faith, as I pursue a pathway of faith, as I pursue a pathway of trusting God, then uh, uh, I don't have to worry about not fearing. Fear and faith are not going to live in the same place. One going to dominate and the other one's going to be dormant, all right? So if I if I develop a habit of trust in God, if I develop my faith, then I, I'm, I don't even have the room to be concerned about fear, right? I don't I don't have enough room. If I'm concentrating on trust in God, if I'm developing my faith, if I'm uh, uh, reminding myself of the things or the reasons why God said for me not to fear, or the things that God said that He would do or how He would protect me, I don't have to be worried about fear. I don't have to be talking about fear. I can just be talking about uh, I can just be reminding myself of what God said. I'm not worried about fear. But if I'm continuously, you know, saying I'm not going to fear, I'm not, well, why, why ain't you going to fear? You know, you might not have a reason not to fear. That makes sense. If you just keep on talking about you're not going to fear, you might have no reason. So if fear might be the natural thing for you if you don't have something to replace it with. Right? So if I got something to replace it with, then I can, I can do away with the whole fear thing. Until I have something to replace it with, Fear is still going to dominate. It's still going to hang around. So, so if I if I develop my faith, then I then fear is automatically dealt with. We're going to look at something here, and I, I I've been looking at this message Bible recently. I didn't didn't usually look at it because I like the way that it that it changes things into a way to where people can understand it. But it's just not really like I, I, it's not the Levite version of that. You know what I mean? So. Uh, but but again, I think this reads real real well. So let's look at Mark chapter 35, and we're going to go maybe through verse 40. But it says, Jesus said to her, daughter, you took a risk of faith. Now you're healed and whole. Live well, be blessed, be healed of your plague. While he was still talking, some people came from the leader's house and told him, uh, your daughter's there. So, so he, he tells the woman, the woman is afraid. And he tells the woman, he says, you know, there's no time to be afraid right now because you took, how did he word it? He, you took the risk of faith. You chose to believe. That's how she got healed. Instead of being afraid and instead of holding back, she reached forward, right? So she reached forward and she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. And Jesus told her, daughter, your, your faith. You took the risk of faith. Faith ran away or dominated over fear. Right? The Bible says that, that light dominates darkness and faith dominates fear. 
Faith will, will take over. Faith will overthrow fear. Faith is stronger than fear. Amen. All right? Faith will run fear out of the building. So he tells her again, Jesus said to her daughter, you took the risk of faith and now you're healed and whole. Live well, live blessed, be healed of your plague. While he was talking, some uh, people came from the leader's house and told him, your daughter is dead. Why bother the teacher anymore? And Jesus overheard what they were talking about and said to the leader, don't listen to them, trust me. Don't listen to them, trust me. So again, he said, don't listen to them, come, trust me. So he says, here you have the opportunity to, to roll with what they're already, what they're passing out, what they're dealing out. You have the opportunity to deal with uh, fear, to receive fear, or to deal with faith. Right? Everybody's, everybody's in here. Thank you. So you have the opportunity, you have the opportunity to continue to walk in fear, or you have the opportunity to trust God and walk by faith. All right? What chapter was that? Five. Yeah, 535. Sorry. Sorry. So you have to pick one. You have to pick one of the two. All right, let's keep reading. So they came and said, your daughter is dead. Why bother the teacher anymore? Jesus overheard what they were talking about and said to the leader, don't listen to them. Somebody say this with me. Say, don't listen to them. Don't listen to them. All right? So don't listen to them. Just trust me. Jesus said, don't listen to them. Just trust me. Pick this one. Pick the have. What does trust mean? Trust means to have faith. Just trust me. Don't listen to them. Don't go the way of the fear, right? He understood that if you trusted him, the fear would, would be self, it'll be self-check. It'll cancel out itself, right? If you just put your faith in him, the fear will cancel out it, itself, he permitted no one. Now watch this. He permitted no one to go in with them except Peter, James, and John. And they entered the leader's house and pushed their way through the gossips, looking for a story and the neighbors bringing in casseroles. And Jesus was abrupt. That's the way people are, right? So they, I like the way they said it, talk about the casseroles. They kind of set a scene. Somebody ever been around somebody in a situation uh, that seemed like somebody about to die or something like that? And then people, they quick to bring some food. They bring the food before they bring the prayer. <laughs> right? It's like if the person over there ain't even dead yet, but you're showing up over there with food, why don't you just pray some more, leave that casserole at home, and bring forth, let's have some intercessory prayer, and leave the food at the house. Right? So I said they push past the gossips. These people, listen. Je- listen. Jesus was trying to cut to the chase and say, we, we, we need to get victory. We need to... We want to see somebody get here. We want the best outcome, right? These other people were just like kind of hanging around because maybe there wasn't nothing else going on. You know, they didn't have Facebook and social media back then. They didn't have TVs, no cable, nothing like that. They just hanging around looking for some, you know, fellowship, right? Even even religious people good for fellowship. So I brought the casserole, you know, the little girl that died. You know, how you been? You know, you know that's how they do it. How you been? It's been a long time. I ain't seen you in a long time. What you been doing? But since we had such a funeral the other day, you know, the brother passed, you know, and goes talking about who all died and all that kind of stuff. Jesus said, let's just go right past all of that. Right there. Put that macaroni and cheese up. Go stick it in the refrigerator. Freeze it. Do whatever you got to do to it. Let's get on over here and change this whole outcome. <clears throat> so it says, uh, 
uh, again, they, they entered into the leader's house and pushed their way through the gossips and looking for a story and neighbors bringing casseroles. And Jesus was abrupt. Right. Why all this busybody grief and gossip? See, y'all think I'm hard. Jesus was was hard. <laughs> Jesus was hard. He would tell him in a heartbeat, like, this is stupid what y'all doing. This is that makes no sense. He said, you know, okay, so he, he goes on, he says, uh, why all this busybody gossip? The child isn't dead. She's sleeping. Provoked the sarcasm, they told him he didn't know what he was talking about. Wow. But and, and they, do you know that this is very common that people tell Jesus he don't know what he's talking about? Oh yeah. They might not come out and say the word. Well, hello. What's going on? Huh? So they might not. They may not come right out and tell Jesus he don't know what he's talking about. But the, their attitude and their actions do that. Right. Right. Here, God has said one thing. God has made a promise of something, and the people just get up there. And, and so, how, how do you tell Jesus he don't know what he's talking about? You start talking about the exact opposite. There you go. And that's, that way, you're telling Jesus he don't know what he's talking about. Jesus said, don't be afraid. And you start talking about, oh, you know, let's, let's just, let's ever set the table. You know, I, I, I haven't seen it happen. Right? Somebody come in the room with some hope. And then what, what the people do after you don't, you didn't make this statement of somebody gave a testimony how such and such got healed, how this happened to this person. And then the person sit up there and say, hmm, boy, I want to put this casserole in. <laughs> right? In other words, I heard what you said, but. What, what did that tell you, that attitude? I don't really believe what you're saying. Yeah. We're not going to be about that. We're not. And I told you before, they decided we're not fixing to make no investment, no emotional investment in no faith. We're not going to do that. We're going to eat this casserole and let them go on and die. That's what we're going to do. Because we can go with this faith stuff and what, what if it don't happen? What if it don't happen? Now, I guarantee you flip that thing around and they the one laying up in the bed. Somebody else got the casserole ready to eat. They're going to tell them to put that casserole up and let the man go on and pray. Yeah. Right? Because they ain't ready to go yet, right? Yeah. If it's them, they ain't ready to eat that casserole, but it ain't you. So you want to have casserole. Right? Instead of, no, I told you before, listen. Listen! Get it on record. In my case, if it happened, I want to have the whole, everybody come over, and y'all try to get me up for at least three or four days. <laughs> right? I keep my mission. Get me up, right? Hey, don't, I'm telling you now, the man asked for us to get him up. Get somebody with some faith in the front of the line, too. Just have me up. Don't leave that casserole at home. Nobody eat nothing. Do a fast. I don't even know how to <laughs> Somebody get me up, right? Okay, so, again, our point was that you can't just say don't fear, but the fear has to be replaced with faith. So he, Jesus said, the child is not dead, she's sleeping. And it said, provoked the sarcasm, they told him that he didn't know what he was talking about. But when he had sent them all out, he took the child's mother along with his companions and entered into the child's room and clasped the girl's hand and said, Talitha Kumai, which means little girl, get up. At that, she, she, she was up and walking around. The girl was 12 years of age. Uh, they, of course, who were beside themselves with joy, gave them strict orders that no one was to know what had taken place in the room, and he said, give her something to eat. So again, the division. Fear has to be replaced with something. You just can't tell the person not to be scared. You have to replace it with something else. So fear has to be replaced with faith. Faith will dominate fear. Just the way the Bible says that, that, that uh, the light runs away the darkness, faith will dominate over fear. If the two of them are present, faith will win out. Okay? It, but, but it has to be 
it has to be repetition. We'll get to that in a minute. So he gets over there and because Jesus understood this, he told him, he said again, I can't just tell him don't fear. I have to replace it with something. So that was two different things. You got one group over here afraid. You got a whole nother faith group. And Jesus said, we got to separate the two groups because they can't live together. All right. I can't. Therefore, listen, all y'all with the casserole group, y'all staying over there. Y'all can't come in the room. Casserole group, stay over there. Eat macaroni and cheese till you get full and, and, and lay down and take a nap. But y'all can't come in this room with us over here on the faith side. Right. You got to pick one. Right. The fear has to be replaced. You can't just tell them don't fear. You can't just say I'm not going to fear. It has to be replaced. Now, when they were walking over there, again, Jesus told the guy, they told him, they said, why are you troubling the master? Your daughter already dead. Jesus said, don't listen to them. Just trust me. Meaning stay away from the, the fear casserole people and stay on the faith side. Amen. All right. The second thing you, you need to write down is that I, that you move away from fear by developing your faith. Right, so you have to. It has to be one or two. You have to choose, but your faith has to be developed, and that's not just an automatic choice. Well, I'm not going to fear. I'm just going to have faith. No, your faith has to be developed. You replace it, or replace it, or you you add to it by developing your faith. <clears throat> I spoke to you. I spoke to you of this before uh, that it worked in his favor to be that that the woman cut to the front of the line. It, it, spoke, it worked to Jairus' favor that the woman cut to the front of the line. Remember the picture. Jairus came to Jesus. He said, hey, my daughter's at home sick. If you come to my house and lay hands on her, she shall be healed. So they were on the way to take care of the daughter while she was still alive, right? And so the woman with the issue of blood cut the line, came up behind, stuck her hand through the crowd, and grabbed the hem of Jesus' garment, and she got healed, right? She cut the line. So I, if it's me, now tell the truth everybody in here. If it's me... And my daughter at home, and I got to Jesus first. And here you done skipped. You just cut the line. You need to get in line, sister. If you want to get healed, we on the way to my house right now. Right? And so we, 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 would, we would confess we would feel some type of way if that was us. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm just being honest. Say, man. You know, man, man, listen. listen I, I'm sorry now. I'll keep that to yourself. When he get through at my house, we'll bring him back. But right now, we first. We first, you need to sit down with that. I don't mean to be rude. Now, I'm not the only one in here with that, that attitude. I'm first. I'm first. But but we, we decided that it benefited him. That the Bible says God works everything out for the good of those who love him called according to his purpose. Right? Talking about faith being developed. Because we, did, we talked about this before. That it benefited him to see it happen to her. Yeah. Right? Because right. his faith was already shaking. Right? And so the woman came and he saw, you know, I'm sure he was ticked off. It's been a lot of times I've been mad at God and still got blessed. But he see Jesus stop and deal with the woman and give the whole thing to the woman and tell her, ma'am, your faith was the thing that made you whole. She told the testimony. I've been to doctors. It's been 12 years I've been going through this whole thing. And I could just see her a black uh, uh, Baptist woman. You know what I'm saying? Shouting about the week, about to come out. You know, in that hallelujah, you know. And just and, and praise God. I just want to give praise and thanks and glory to God right now. You know, that, that, I'm, that I'm sanctified, saved, filled with the Holy Ghost. And my pastor, Bishop uh, Lonnie, Lonnie S. Porter. And, you know, we've been going through this whole thing. You hear me, don't you, Pastor, man? Right? We've been going through this whole thing. For, forever we've been going through this thing. But today, I just want to testify that I'm healed. <laughs> right, and they are still. <laughs> <laughs> 
But it benefited him because she told. She didn't just say, well, she, she told him. She said, man, I've been going through this for 12 years. Couldn't nobody fix me. None of this helped. And so Jehiah was like, if it, what, what would that do to you? You went got Jesus. You don't really know whether he can do what's going on. You just been hurt. I heard that what everybody else said. I went got him because I got to have some. I'm, I'm out of options just like the lady. So I went got Jesus. You got to come to my house. And so when the lady stopped him, yeah, I'm mad. But the lady started talking about what didn't happen. I got somebody standing in front of me that I saw got healed. Right, everybody saw. So I'm witness to this. So what did that do for my faith? Yeah. It took it up. It developed my faith, right? So you can't just replace it and say, hey, look, don't be scared. Your faith has to be, you have to replace fear with faith, and your faith has to be developed. It has to grow. Can't just say, I'm not going to be scared. You say that all you want. I'm not going to be scared. I'm not going to be scared. What was that? <laughs> don't work like that. You got to have something to take that place of that fear. All right? So, uh, third thing. So I condition myself to do so. I condition myself to develop my faith. In other words, I build a habit of believing to replace the habit of fearing. I build a habit of believing. Right? Number one, I have to replace the fear with faith. Number two, I have to develop that faith. And then I have to turn it into a habit of believing. Right? So habit is something that I don't have to think about. This is what I do. Right? The same way you built a habit of being scared, you have to build a habit of believing. Come on. Right? So it all, so this is, this is just what I do. This is my, I, I've said this before. On a computer, they have something called a default setting. Right? So that means that whenever, whenever these circumstances occur, or you click, uh, internet, it's gonna go to whichever internet, uh, service provider that you, you want. Internet Explorer, Firefox, Safari, whatever it is. And it'll tell you, do you want this to be your default setting? That means every time you click this, do you want this to happen? Right? What habits do is, it makes faith your default setting. That means that you don't even have to think about it. That means I'm gonna trust God by habit. I'm not sitting up there trying to muster up faith and crying. That's just what I do. The situation jumps off. Everybody else is looking to muster up a response. You don't have to muster up nothing. What am I going to do? I'm going to trust God because it's a habit. Amen. Right? Can you make a, a, a faith a habit? Yes. Yes, you can. Through repetition, you can make having faith a habit. This is how I respond when stuff happens. I have a habit. I don't have to think twice about it. This is what I'm going to do. So I condition myself to make faith a habit. In other words, I build a habit of believing to replace the habit of fearing. Right? Instead of thinking, now watch, here you go. This this is another way the Bible says to do it. Instead of thinking on bad things that are going to happen, I think about this. I think about what God said. Now here's the scripture for that. Let's look at Philippians 4, 8, and 9. Message translation, sir. Message translation, still. That's what we're doing tonight. It says, summing it all up, friends, I say to you, uh, I say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things that are true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst. Let's do it again. Summing it all up, friends, I say to you that you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things that are true. Noble, I mean, uh, Philippians 4, 8, and 9. 
right? True, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things of praise, not things of curse. Put into practice what you have learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized, do that. And God, who makes everything work together, will work you into uh, his most uh, excellent harmonies. Right? So it tells you, look, put this into practice. Make this a habit. This is what you do. Now, now look, wait a minute. This disproves my point. I say make it a habit. He tells you, make this your default. Right? He tells you what to think. Right? So listen, instead of doing that, think about this. Think about this. He's, tell, he, he's taking the work, the guesswork out of it for you. Think about this. Let's do it again. Summing it all up, friends, I say to you, uh, I say you'll do best by filling your minds or thinking about or meditating on things that are true, that are noble, that are reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things that praise, things that uh, not, th- not things that curse. Put it into practice what you have learned from me. Put it into practice. Repetition. Do it over and over and over. Is that what practice, not what practice is? Yeah. Yes, do it before you need it. Amen. Make it a habit. Put into practice what you have learned from me and what you have heard and saw and realized. Do that. And God, who makes everything work together, will work you into his most excellent harmonies. Let's that's, that's, that's follow it up with another verse. Let's look at Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Dealing with your mind. Your heart, your your will and your emotions. Let me see what I'm going to read it in. Romans. What message is good on that one? My wife knows I don't like the message. I don't usually read out the message. So you say it's good though, Mama. We're going to read it. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. Come on. Right, that was good. He develops it. So, So I still want to go, I want to go to my Amplified Classic Version. Amplified Classic Version, Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, I beg of you, in view of all the mercies of God, to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after, adapted its external, superficial customs. In other words, again, superficial that, that superficial is not spiritual. Superficial is not strong. He said, don't follow them again. Talk about the casserole crowd. Right? Yeah, don't listen to them. Right? Don't listen to them. Trust me. Same thing. 
He says, superficial customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind. Amen. So by its new ideals and, and new attitude, so that you may prove for yourselves what is the good, acceptable, perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. So here's that, this, this, this developing, here's this uh, repetitious transforming of a new habit, right, of trusting God is what we have to do. Uh, Romans now believing believing is done with the heart let's read that let's read let's go to Romans chapter 10 verse 9 believing happens in the heart that's where your belief is oh I skipped one that's why I ain't there 10.17 go to Romans 10.17 first Romans ten seventeen. I'm amplify classic again. So then, faith comes by hearing what is told. 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 This is why one of my big problems with Halloween. Right? We were watching this. My wife likes to watch this show, Outdaughtered. Right? It's by a woman. They live here in Clear Lake somewhere, and they got five quintuplets. They got the all, for only, or the first quintuplet. The only all-girl quints in the nation. Yeah, the only all-girl girl quintuplets in the nation. Right? So the, the husband, the little girls are what, like two? They're two and a half. Right. So, and every time I see it, that's how I know something ain't right. Okay. <laughs> The husband says, I'm going to take him to the, to the place to get the Halloween costumes, right? He said, and, and he wants them all dressed like clowns, like scary clowns, whatever like that. So the little girls, they open up the door to the Halloween costume place, and the little girl step in there. As soon as she takes one foot and saw that scary costume, she grabbed the person and tried to run out the store. That's a natural response right there. Yeah. So what we have to do is break that. Amen. I have to make you comfortable with this. I know you're scared to death, and you should be, that the clown got fangs and blood dripping out of his mouth, and he's growling. Ha, ha, ha. You're two years old. You ought to be comfortable with this. we got to break that in and make him accept it, right? And so here again, they're talking about renewing the mind, right, or, or what you believe. We teach kids that it's, this is okay. They get their values, right? But the Bible says, God said, I have not given you a spirit of fear. Yeah. Then you have to ask yourself, then where did it come from? Amen. If it didn't come from God, who, how you got it? Yes. Right? Now, I told you the story before uh, about uh, uh, about my daughter, Desiree. When Desiree smiled, Desiree was scared of everything. Don't want to do this, don't want to do this, this. But she used to watch Casper the Friendly Ghost. Casper the Friendly Ghost. Uh, Scooby-Doo, all that kind of stuff, all these, car- you say cartoons, Pastor? You scared the girl? Well, I mean, Shadow didn't tell you how to be scared. Oh, oh. you know? <laughs> they teach you. Them ducks got terrified of everything. They always scared of something. So you, so you sit there and watch it enough, remember repetition? Yes. Right? Let's read it again. <laughs> so then faith comes by what is told. What is told, what is told, what is continue, what you continually access this information. Yeah. Oh no, 
trying to get us. Oh no. And every at the end of every show, they always take the mask off the dude, and it's never the monster. It's always Mr. Mr. Kramer. Right? The real estate man. Trying to, trying to scare him. It's always some guy, right? It's always the guy. But 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 them dudes is terrified every show. And Scooby's trying to get away. Right? So so that that kind of stuff, little little stuff like that. Little, even little cartoons can teach kids how to be scared. Yeah. Right? And so, so understand that that is the seed, the seed of the fear. And then at a certain point, you don't understand why you just, you're scared to take chances at this, that, and the other. Because fear is a spirit. The Bible says that. Right? It's a, it's a spirit. Yes. Instead of teaching them stuff, what, is, what did it just say? It said, it told us what to think about. And the fear-filled things wasn't one of them. No. Right? Another hand. You teach them how to watch horror movies. We're going to watch It, Stephen King's It tonight. Let's watch Carrie. Let's watch all these scary movies. Don't be scared. It's just a movie. But her neck's bent around and she threw up brain stuff. And her face is all ripped up. You mean we shouldn't be scared? Well, a little bit. That's what makes it fun. So then when you get ready to go to bed at night, you're not sleeping. And you think in the corner, you see somebody's head spinning around in the corner. Every little noise is somebody in there trying to get you. And you wonder where it came from. You did it to yourself. Yeah, yeah. I sleep good at night because we don't get down like that. We never got down. Listen, somebody come to my house tomorrow. Did you hear that? No. <laughs> ain't hurt nothing. Because I'm not, I'm not conditioned like that. I ain't hurt nothing. Unless somebody in another room that dropped something or whatever. Or possibly got in here. I said, ain't hurt nothing. You don't think it's somebody you need to go see. I don't need to go see nothing. Because I'm not wired like that. I, I didn't raise myself up to be like that. You take the kid and you, you, you get them to grow. In Halloween time, then you get them the scariest costume, then you get one. And you know, everybody will fix to be scared. And we're going to take you, we're going to get you in the, uh, in the haunted house. And then you go scare others. Yeah, and then you go scare other people. And then, listen, we didn't even let the kids scare each other at my house. You can't do that. You can't be hiding in the closet and jump out and say, ah! No, you can't do that. Because we understood the source of it and what it would turn into. Yes. Now, I tell you what. We took away Scooby-Doo, Casper Friendly Ghost, all this other kind of stuff. And then we take the same girl to the amusement park who wouldn't ride nothing. And now she'll ride it all. <laughs> she do it all. Because fear is the spirit. And fear is, is in the heart. Right? What you, your belief system is in the heart. Alright. So, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm sorry. 17. So then faith comes by hearing. Right? So faith really and fear are not really far off from each other. They both belief systems. One is belief in God and the other one is belief in Whatever else, whatever evil or whatever bad thing. But it's belief and they both, they live in the heart. So what I believe lives in the heart. How does, how does stuff get into my heart? It comes by, by, by what I hear. If, if my spiritual ears, it, it comes to my natural ear and gets to my spiritual ear in my heart. So now my, what I believe is in my heart. I'm going to act on that. And, and you know what that, that, that uh, okay, now I've, I've talked about Halloween. I've talked about all the other kind of stuff. But once you get older, you start thinking, you're fearful of everything. I'm not going to get a promotion. I can't start this business. This ain't going to work out for me because it's a spirit. It's a root. And, it, and just like the same way a tree goes, it's got different branches. I'm fearful of this relationship. 
I'm fearful something's going to happen to my kids. I'm just fearful, fearful, fearful. And, and the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. So when you always hear somebody that's afraid that the negative is going to happen, that's because they have the spirit of fear on the inside of them that manifests through their mouth. Oh, you're telling yourself, oh, that ain't going to happen. I'm afraid this is going to happen. I'm afraid that's going to happen. You're not, you're not optimistic about what God might do because the belief system of the devil is what's primarily what you're working with. You, be, you believe that, you, you believe that, it, it's not that, listen, you're going to believe somebody. So why is it that you believe for the worst instead of the best? Because you have deposited the worst on the inside of you more than you have had you deposited the best. Amen. You grew up depositing the bad stuff instead of depositing the good stuff. Now, now, proof of this is you can find somebody optimistic. You say there's a person that, that looks at the glass half empty, the person looked at the glass half full. Right? You ever seen that? Somebody just, they always, it's going to work out. And you know what usually happens when that person? It usually works out, don't it? It's, you just don't worry about nothing because they haven't been conditioned to worry about stuff Amen. like that. Amen. You've been conditioned. You watch your parents sit up there with the bills and say, baby, I don't know how we're going to make it. Come give mama a hug. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know how we're going to make it. Right? And you're sitting up there watching your parents do that. When you get on, you get your bills, you're going to sit at the table and say, I don't know how we're going to make it. Yeah. Because faith comes from what is told. This is what you done heard. Now, you, listen, you ain't never seen nobody sit there and they say, uh, or, or somebody sit down with the bills and they start singing, he will work it out. <laughs> when you sit down with your bills and you get older, you're going to say, he will work it out. Sure. Right? Amen. Listen, you can, you, can, you can be in a place where you are fearful and, it, and always thinking that the negative is going to happen, but you don't have to stay like that. That's right. Because what you have to do is, you have to replace fear with faith you have to develop your faith, right? And you have to make a habit of trusting God instead of a habit of being afraid. Amen. Right? Now, the thing about, about faith is that faith has power connected to it, but so does fear. Fear, the, the, what did the, uh, who said the thing I fear the most has come upon me? Job. Job said that. Job said, I'm going to make a sacrifice because I don't know what my kids out there doing. They might be acting bad, this, that, and the other. So then when, when they start turning south for the kids, Job said, the thing I have feared the most has come upon me. Right? So both of them are, fa- are forces that will go out and reach and grab for something. Faith will go out and reach for God's best. Amen. Fear will go out and reach for the worst outcome in the situation. Yeah, it will. It's grabbing for the worst outcome in the situation. Faith grabs for the best. He will. There is no way. Hmm. But see, what you don't understand is that your words got power. Because yes. the Bible says that the power. I'll say it again. That the power. The power. Somebody say the power. The power. The power of life and death is in the tomb. That's right. The power. I read that scripture a million times. And just the other day I saw it. I said, what? The power. The power yeah. is in the tongue. Power. So what, what I speak, has, it, it has, according to the Bible, it has power. Yes. Whether for fear to bring the negative or for faith to bring the positive. My words, my tongue has power to bring forth. Amen. 
Remember what, what I, I, I taught you about when the scripture says that, that uh, God calls those things that be not as though they were. That word calls right there means to summons. So, so when you when you calling what when you say what God says, you're calling for the promises of God. When you say what the devil says or what fear says, you're calling for things that come from the enemy. Amen. Either way, you, you, you're saying come forth, I desire you. That's right. That's what you're saying. Uh, Charles Camp described it this way one time. When people say, well, I've been saying this or I've been speaking what God says, but it seems like it's not happening. He says, uh, he says it's like when you, you sit on the porch, which we don't do that no more. <laughs> or somebody's sitting on the porch and they call for their dog. <clears throat> they say, Rex, come boy, Rex, come Rex, 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 come. Rex, 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 come. You call for the dog, you don't see him. But sooner or later, that big joke will come running around that corner. Right? The same way it is with your confession. You might not see it for a few minutes or for a while while you're calling, but sooner or later, it's going to come around the corner. Yes, Amen. You're going to see what you said. Amen. Whether that's fear-filled words, you call it. And it might not be doing it. You say, well, I hear pastor always talking about confession all the time. My friend speaks raggedy. They, they fear feel this and don't nothing happen. The dog just ain't came around the corner. Just ain't came around the corner. Sooner or later, it's going to come. Running around the corner, sweating, breathing. Right there in your face. If you call it, it's going to come. Right? Because why? Because the power of life and death is in your tongue. That's why you have you have to replace fear with faith. Because you're going to talk about what's in your heart in abundance. <clears throat> I'm almost done. Uh, okay, let me, I didn't finish reading it. Romans 10, 17, so faith comes by hearing what is told and what is what is heard comes by the preaching of the message that came from the lips of Christ the Messiah, right? But it goes either way. Whatever you hear in the most, that's what you're going to believe. Uh, Romans ten. You read ten seventeen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So number four, fourth point. Write this down. Repetition grows the harvest in the heart, good or bad, faith or fear. Repetition grows the harvest in the heart, good or bad, faith or fear. Yeah, Romans 10, 9, and 10 is where I wanted to go. Verse 9 and 10. Nine and 10. <clears throat> because if you acknowledge, confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord, and your heart believe, adhere to, trust in, rely on the truth, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Verse 10. For with the heart, a person believes. With the heart, a person believes. With the heart, a person believes. Uh, uh, turn to uh, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. With the heart, a person believes. Somebody say with the heart. With the heart. On Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. With the heart, a person believes. Belief is in the heart. Why is belief in the heart? When we talk about that, right? We talk about the heart being the seed of desires, right? 
So, so you, there's a squabble going on for that seat because that's that's the the heart is the place to where the reigning in your life is done. That's the kingdom of your life in your heart. And so God's trying to get His word in your heart because He wants to throw. The devil at the same time is trying to get His word in your heart because He wants to throw. They both understand whoever sits enthroned in the heart, they run. What is the heart? The mind, the will, and the emotion. They can steer you wherever they want to go. Yeah. Right. That's why people do dumb things when they they fall in love with somebody that may not even be the right person for them because they got they they, they seated in the heart. Right. I told you that story before of the lady, the friend of ours, who had um, her husband had been to jail, a prison a few times, like twice already. And if he went back to prison, they was going to label him a habitual criminal. So they didn't have any food. I don't know what thought process they working with over there. But he's like, I'm going to go rob the 7-Eleven. This, that, and the other. She told him, you cannot go rob the 7-Eleven. You already been to prison twice already. If you go back again, they, they're going to go to prison for life. She said, so because I love you and I don't ever want to see you go back to prison, I'm going to go rob it. I'm going to go rob it. She robbed him about seven years. But see, love, that's, that's one thing people don't understand about love because it's in the heart. It steered her to grab the pistol and go in the store and rob it. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's how powerful that heart is. That's why you, we have to do what we, somebody got uh, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. Because Gibson, what did it say right there? Uh, pay attention, my child, to what I say. Listen carefully. Don't lose sight of my words. Let them penetrate deep within your heart. Let me keep going. For they bring life and radiant health to anyone who discovers their meaning. Above all else, guard your heart, for it affects everything that you do. Okay, read that whole thing. You just read, read it again. Listen up, y'all. Pay attention, my child, to what I say. Listen carefully. Don't lose sight of my words. Let them penetrate deep within your heart, for they bring life. Put the brakes on. Put the brakes on. He said, let his words penetrate deep within your heart. And he comes out with the why. Keep going. Remember what we said, belief is in the heart. Keep going. For they bring life and radiant health to anyone who discovers their meaning. Okay, so he said the word is his words bring life and health to anybody who discovers their meaning. So if we if we take away the word of God with the word of the devil, if God's words bring life and health, then the devil's words bring death and sickness. Yes, that's right. Right? Keep going. Above all else, guard your heart, for it affects everything that you do. Above all else. Above all else. Do not be depositing things that promote fear into your heart. Guard your heart above everything else. Do not be allowing things into your heart that are going to uh, make the spirit of fear grow in your life. He told you again. We already went over the scripture. Think on whatsoever. He said, put my word in your heart. David said, my, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. God said, guard your heart. Watch over your heart. Because I'm telling you. Now watch this. Remember what we said. That your, your heart has a throne. Whoever sits on the throne is going to control you. If fear is enthroned in your heart, you're going to make fear-based decisions, and everything you do is going to be based on fear. If fear sits on the throne in your heart, if faith sits on the throne in your heart, then you're going to make faith-based decisions. Amen. And and, and I'm telling you, so, so we just sit around and we just, oh, it's nothing. This conversation, it's nothing what they're saying. 
you, 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 you spend time in some of your close relationships that were fear-filled people, and they're constantly speaking fear into your heart, 24-7. But you say, it's nothing. But the Bible says, above everything else, guard your heart. Because what? It, will oh, it affects everything that you do. I don't just let anybody talk. Somebody start talking scared and we can't do it. Uh, look, I got to beat someone. Yeah. I'll do it quick. Some of my own family members I don't mess with like that. Like I can't do that with you. Because I understand. You don't understand, but I understand that it's power in what you're talking about. One thing about it is when people start speaking negative and fearful, it gets cloudy. Because you can't see it, but you can feel it. Mm-hmm. It's gloomy. It's hopeless. And then you like feel like you got to go take a bath and you get through it. <laughs> what just happened over there? You leave out there and you start feeling hopeless about your own. There's an answer. The conversation wasn't about you, it was about their life. Because I know I'm not Superman. I know it'll get on me. But they say faith comes by what's told. When I'm repetition, listen, ain't nobody no faith superhero giant. You listen, faith is developed by hearing. Faith comes by hearing what is told. Fear comes by hearing. I can't listen to you speak negative and fear all the time. Else I'm, 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 I'm gonna be like that. And there's too many people counting on me. I can't do that with you. I can't go down the road with you like that. Like you don't love me, we family. And, and, listen, have anybody in here, just, I'm talking about, ever felt a little bit of depression? Yeah. Raise your hand. So you know, I don't care if they're your family or not, you can't do that with them, don't you? Yeah. Who, who wants to go back to Depressville? <laughs> Raise your hand if you want to go back. Don't nobody want to go back. Depressville, the address, if Depressville got an address, Let's call it 666 Dark Avenue. <laughs> yeah, well, 666 Fairlane, I'm on the corner of fear and death. If it's got an address, if the depression is got an address, then the next address to it is 6667 uh, Death, Suicide. Yeah. I can't go back over there because it's right next door to Suicide. Yeah. Can't, I can't go over there with you like that. And so, you know, family or not, you're going to have to let me out the car. If you want to keep going over there, then you can ride with me, but I'm not going with you over there. Because you just can't do it. Sometimes you can't do it. Let me finish. Just saying I'm not going to be afraid ain't enough. Okay. The point was that repetition grows the harvest in the heart, good or bad, faith or fear. We, t- we read that belief is in the heart. We talked about how heart, the heart is the seat of our desires. We read about guarding our heart. 
in Proverbs chapter 4. And now let's look at Joshua chapter 1. We're going to finish in Joshua chapter 1. Talking about repetition. Pastor, man, you, you, know, I, you, you talk about this stuff a lot. You always talk about this. You want to know why? Because repetition. Listen. You, you don't want to, you don't want to be a part of fear? Then you need to, you need to know about faith. You need to be acquainted with the faith scriptures. You need to know how faith works. You need, you need to understand that. If you don't understand that, you can be uh, the nicest Christian you can be and still subject to being terrified and making fear-filled decisions. I'm not interested in that. So that's, that's why I threw myself over into this. Not interested in it. I haven't seen what fear can do. I've been depressed. Lost everything I had because I was depressed. House got foreclosed on. Vehicles repossessed. Depressed. I'm not looking to do that no more. You don't, wanna, you don't play with depression, man. Uh, okay, so let's read that start in verse 1 because it's good reading. <clears throat> what do we want to read it in? I'm going to read the Amplified Classic Version. If it gets to be too much, then we'll switch it up. Joshua chapter 1, starting verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, Moses, my servant, is dead. So now arise and take his place. Go over this Jordan. Uh, you and all this people into the land which I am giving to them, to the, the Israelites. Every place which the sole of your foot shall tread, that have I given to you, as I promised Moses. So God here makes a statement. He said, I want to give you something good. I want to do something for you. I made a promise and I want to do it. Now, we all know what happened when they got going. They got over there and 10 of the guys came back and what stopped them? Fear. Shut them down. Did fear only hurt the ten guys and Joshua and Caleb? No, it hurt the whole, all of the Israelites. This is who God said he was talking to. It hurt everybody because ten dudes were scared. We can't do it. We scared. God said, I gave it to you. That's why the Bible says that the word didn't profit them. In the book of John, I forget the chapter. It says the word didn't profit them not being mixed with faith. So listen, when God talks to you and says something to you, your response is going to determine whether how, whether you're going to be able to bring it to pass or not. If God says to you, things are going to never be the same, expect it to be different. Right? If you can't meet that, with, listen, when he speaks the word, the word has to be met with some faith. Amen. It has to be received with faith. He could say that to you and say, nah. You can say, nah. Really? I don't believe that, God. Then guess what you're going to get? Really? Nothing. <laughs> Listen, you got to bring some faith to the table. Amen. When God start talking, because God, God told them, he said, Listen, you're fixing to go into this place. You're going to have to do a lot of fighting. There's nothing that God brings to somebody to do that it, it don't involve some fighting. That's right. So, if you, so faith will fight. Fear will run. Right. So I, listen, I have to have some faith to me when when look at baseball's going on right now. Uh, Ashley's making a run for the World Series. So I have to catch the ball of the word of God with the glove of faith. Come on. That's the only way I can catch it. The ball is coming this way. I have to catch the ball of the word of God with the glove of faith. And that will put the devil out. 
Catch the word of God with the glove of faith. That means that, I, man, I have to be ready. Because when God tells you to do something, it's bigger than you. And it takes faith to do anything that's bigger than you. It's not enough just to say I'm not going to be afraid. You have to develop your faith. And the way to do that is through repetition. So let's see what he tells Joshua. Joshua and them got this big job to do. Joshua's all about it. The other guys wasn't about it. Verse 3. He says, every place in which the sole of your foot shall tread that I have given to you. He's speaking past tense. He calls those things that be not as though they were. God's, God's working his system of confession. Amen. Right before they throw one punch, he's working his system. Every place in which the sole of your foot shall tread that I have given you as I promised Moses. From the wilderness in Le- uh, Lebanon to the great river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and uh, the great uh, uh, Mediterranean, uh, Demasi, uh, <laughs> Mediterranean Sea on the west shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you. I will not forsake you. Now watch what he told him. This is your part to protect and to walk along with what I just said. Be strong and confident and of good courage. He didn't say, stay fearful like the mother ten dudes that you're going to go over there with. He said, be strong and confident and of good courage for you shall cause, for you shall cause his people to inherit the land which I swore to thy fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that thou may, that you may do according to the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Turn not from the right nor to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. And this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. Repetition. Repetitiously hear my word. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For you shall make your way prosperous and then you shall deal wisely and have good success. Repetition of hearing my word is the thing that's going to cause you to inherit or conquer in the promised land. Repetition. Develop your faith. I can. I can do all things with Christ who strengthens me. If God be for me, then who can be against me? If he can me, take up his only son, surely he'll give me all things. The Lord takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Man, listen, I'm going to rehearse it. What he said in my, in my mouth and in my ear and in my heart. And so what am I doing? I'm dethroning fear from off the throne of my heart and replacing him. I listen. I'm, I'm impeaching fear. Come on. Everybody understand that word right now. <laughs> I'm impeaching fear and I have elected faith to sit in the chair of the president of my life. Amen. By repetition. And ain't enough for me just to tell fear to leave. I got to replace it because somebody got to run with that. And I replace him through repetition. God said, keep it. Why did he say keep it in your mouth? He didn't say just keep just keep hearing. He said keep it in your mouth. Keep yeah. calling what I said as though it were. Yeah. Keep using the power. Keep using the power. Good. Thank you, Mom. Keep using the power that's in your tongue to bring forth what I've said you're supposed to have. Come on. Like that. You can't just it ain't just enough for you not to be afraid. You have to have faith. It ain't enough just for you to say, I'm not going to be afraid. You got to believe God. And your faith has to be developed. Your faith is developed through repetition of hearing and speaking God's word. That's how your faith 